Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from federal conservative egg critic John Barlow. And at first in today's country comment, we'll have details from Manitoba Wheats and Barley Growers AGM held last week at Crop Connect. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 90 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers Association held its AGM last week at Crop Connect. I caught up with Chair Fred Gregg, who talked about the 2019 growing season. We saw everything all year. Uh, producers are stressed, but uh, ever the uh, optimists were looking forward to moving ahead. As far as um, yields, you know, how, how did the how did the crops turn out? Oh, the yields were surprisingly good, actually, and anything that got off before the adverse weather was was pleasantly surprising for most producers. Heading into 2020, um, as far as acres, what are you expecting there? Uh, yeah, barley, I think we see uh, an uptick in barley acres again. Uh, the feed price has put a baseline under the malt, so the salvage is, is good. And wheat, uh, it's a little early to tell. I think the sting of a lot of feed wheat after the snows and rains uh, will will ease and guys will, I think acres will be fairly flat. Some discussion here today about uh, value creation. Um, can you just talk about where things are at there? Uh, yeah, we're waiting on, um, from the Grains Round Table, we're waiting on the economic analysis on the two examples and until we understand what we're talking about, how much money we need to fund the, or the breeding and uh, what that will cost either on a bushel or acre basis so that we can understand. Um, I think that's what we're really waiting for and uh, yeah, the, the this other contract is kind of going to convolute the discussion a bit but it's uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Can you talk a bit about uh, the checkoff and, and what that's used for some of the research done there? Yeah, okay our checkoff we aim to spend about uh, 85% of our our checkoff on research either some breeding research or direct agronomic research on that we try to have about 15% as longer term goals and then the remaining 15%, there's a small amount in there for administration, and then we have some some market advocacy uh, moving forward. We're going to have, uh, every two years we have a strategic planning session, so this March we're going to revisit all those and see, now we have a little more dollars and a little better understanding of where our research re dollars requirements are going to be, and we'll maybe get a little more aggressive on our future goals. What, uh, what percentage of farmers ask for a refund on that? Yeah, we, we track it kind of in dollars, so that's difficult to say number-wise, but we seem to be in that 6 to 10%. I think we're about 8% in dollars this year, so it's, it's difficult. Yeah, we can't really track members as a percentage. That was Fred Gregg, chair of the Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers Association, speaking last week at the group's AGM. The organization is one of five groups in Manitoba that will be merging later this year. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Grain Growers of Canada is calling on the federal government to seek a resolution to the recent rail delays. Chair Jeff Nielsen says the delays caused by the blockades have immediate, unintended consequences for farmers across the country that are trying to get their grain to port. 
for Western Canada, primarily it's Prince Rupert and Vancouver are our chief delivery points for all our export goods. And with a rail slowdown or shutdown, that means our products cannot get to that position. And that means our customers waiting for our top quality products are literally waiting for our top quality products. Um, and that, in effect, then uh, starts causing what we call a demurrage. And those costs are the costs incurred by those ships waiting He notes these delays on top of the existing supply chain challenges from a previous CN strike and a cold spell across the prairies have contributed to an already difficult winter. The Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers Association held its AGM last week. Chair Fred Gregg talked about acres for 2020. Barley, I think we see uh, an uptick in barley acres again. Uh, The feed price has put a baseline under the malt, so the salvage is is good. And wheat, uh, it's a little early to tell. I think the sting of a lot of feed wheat after the snows and rains will ease, and guys will, I think acres will be fairly flat. Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers is one of five groups that will be part of the new Manitoba Crop Alliance. Federal Conservative Ag critic John Barlow has introduced a private member's bill to protect biosecurity on farms. The bill will make it an offence under the Health of Animals Act to enter a place in which animals are kept without permission. We are not trying to, to muzzle protest or, or take away freedoms of speech. That can happen on public property. But when you uh, break and enter into barns or um, you know, processing facilities or into fenced areas where you are coming in contact with animals, there is a very real risk of you spreading virus and disease that could have a devastating impact on those animals, on the health and welfare of the, the farm family or their, their employees, but certainly to the Canadian economy. The bill would increase the penalties for groups and organizations who encourage individuals to threaten the biosecurity of animals and workers. And Keystone Agricultural Producers has launched a rural connectivity survey aimed at better understanding the issues facing both cellular coverage and broadband access across the province. CAP members have put forward a number of policy resolutions urging both the provincial government and the federal government to invest in quality coverage for all areas of the province. The deadline to complete the survey is March 31st. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, February 19th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Federal Conservative Egg critic John Barlow. Federal Conservative Egg critic John Barlow has introduced a private member's bill to protect biosecurity on farms. The bill will make it an offense under the Health of Animals Act to enter a place in which animals are kept without permission. This is uh, you know, an important bill with really two aspects to it. And I think um, both are equally important. And the first certainly is uh, focuses on on the emotional, mental, and financial health of our agriculture sector, our farmers, our processors, our producers. Uh, certainly, we understand um, the anxiety that uh, that our farmers are going through right now. Uh, you know, there are certainly some variables that, that they have to deal with, and you know, commodity prices, weather. Uh, but right now, they're also facing carbon taxes, uh, illegal blockades. Uh, inability to access, uh, you know, the, the the vital markets, uh, and one of those things that they they certainly want protection from as well is is having protesters uh, come onto their property, break into their barns. Uh, we saw another incident today in Ontario at a at a duck farm. Um, this is unnecessary stress and anxiety. 
uh, for our farmers and ranchers and, and things that uh, we don't think that they should have to uh, endure. And it's becoming more and more prominent, and we believe it's going to become even worse uh, if there's not some tools put in place uh, to hold uh, the protesters accountable. Um, you know, as the vast majority of Canadians understand, uh, certainly those of us in the House of Commons understand that our, our farmers and our, our producers uh, care deeply about uh, about their land, about their livestock, the health of their animals, uh, the environment. Um, but we do have some, some political activists out there and animal activists who are trying to take things into their own hands. So that's one aspect of it. The second aspect of it, which is what we have really focused on in, in this piece of legislation, is uh, the sanctity and the integrity of and the biosecurity of our food supply. Um, I don't think a lot of these trespassers or, or protesters who come on um, to processing sites or, or farms understand uh, the potential consequences of their actions. Uh, you know, they're there to to highlight their their cause. Um, we are not trying to to muzzle protest or or take away freedoms of speech, that can happen on public property. But when you uh, break and enter into barns or um, you know, processing facilities or into fenced areas where you are coming in contact with animals, there is a very real risk of you spreading virus and disease that could have a devastating impact on those animals, on the health and welfare of the, f the farm family or their, their employees, but certainly to the Canadian economy. Uh, when we are looking at issues like Asian swine fever, which is a very, um, very real risk uh, to the global, uh, the global animal health issues, um, we want to ensure that there are um, boundaries in place uh, that protect um, the biosecurity of Canada's food supply as well. John, I understand there was also a bill introduced in regards to the carbon tax. Could you update us on that? Yeah, this is a, uh, another piece of legislation brought forward by a colleague of mine from uh, Ontario, Philip Lawrence, a new MP. And what this is doing is addressing what has been a real, very real problem for agriculture over the last uh, several months. Uh, a very wet uh, fall where forcing more and more producers to dry their grain. Um, and they've seen those costs uh, of that uh, escalate, thankfully, uh, or as a result of uh, the liberal carbon tax. So what this... Um, uh, piece of legislation does is it expands the exemption on farm fuel fuels to include natural gas and propane. Uh, so farmers who are having to dry their grain or heat the barn their barns in the middle of winter um, will be exempt from the carbon tax on those fuels. Uh, we have now seen some of these numbers come in from groups like CAP, um, APAS, um, wheat growers that are showing that uh, this is costing you know tens of thousands of dollars for farmers. Um, you know for the APAS numbers this is about 12% of, of a farmer's revenue is, is just disappearing. And the Liberals like to say, well, um, the carbon tax is neutral. Well, for agriculture, we know that is not the fact. In fact, the rebate is likely less than 10% what uh, agriculture is paying in the carbon tax. Just as one example, I had a, a farmer in my riding call me on Friday uh, from southern Alberta saying his first carbon tax bill in January was $25,000. He does not have that in his margins. But not only is that, is that cost is an additional cost to him, he also lost a contract to Qatar for close to $3 million U.S. Uh, that he was going to be uh, selling his grains to. But now, because of the carbon tax, his prices are uncompetitive with his global competitors. Uh, so not only has this carbon tax been uh, you know, an added devastating cost, um, 
you know at the at the front, but it's also um, impacting their ability to sell our products uh, on the world market because it makes us uncompetitive. Uh, so farmers are getting you know a punch to the gut from multiple different directions, and hopefully they will support this bill that will exempt uh, that propane and natural gas from from agriculture. All right, and and lastly here, John, uh, if you could just talk a bit more about uh, the rail blockades. This is devastating, and uh, it shows a real lack of leadership uh, from the Prime Minister who made a statement in the House of Commons today, um, which is probably one of the weakest uh, weakest statements in the face of a, of a national crisis that uh, I have ever seen. Uh, it, it was clear that they, the Liberals do not plan to take any uh, additional steps to try and end uh, these illegal blockades and get our economy moving again. Uh, just in Prince George alone, um, there are uh, 19 uh, ships waiting to be loaded with uh, with Canadian grain to take to global markets. Uh, there's no grain there to load. Um, you know, they're short about 400 to 500,000 tons of grain. Uh, every day that those cars are moving and those ships aren't being filled is about $50 million uh, cost passed on to grain farmers. And now we're 12 days in. So we are, you know, cl- getting close to half a billion dollars in costs. Uh, they're going to be passed on to our grain farmers who are price takers. Uh, they cannot pass these costs on to anywhere else. So not only is this hurting our grain farmers, but it is also seriously hampering our reputation on the global market stage. Uh, these are our customers, and our customers are looking for a reliable supplier. And right now, Canada is proving itself not to be reliable. So they're going to go look for other supplies, Brazil, uh, United States, Australia. Uh, and once those... those uh, they find other buyer or other other suppliers then then Canada's uh trying to win those those that trust back and that's very difficult to do uh, they need to take action um words and and dialogue are important certainly but um these are illegal blockades there's injunctions in place the courts have said they are illegal um it's time to to take some action and, and get uh, our economy back up on its feet that was federal conservative egg critic john barlow that's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Tomorrow is Steinback Crop Day taking place at the Pat Porter Active Living Center. Admission is $10. The Brookside Angus Bull and Female Sale takes place Wednesday, February 26th at the Nipawa Egg Complex. For more details, go to brooksideangus.com. The FCC Young Farmer Summit is set for March 4th at Winnipeg's Victoria Inn. Keystone Egg Producers, together with the Canadian Young Farmers Forum and sponsor FCC, are hosting their Manitoba Young Farmers Conference March 5th at Winnipeg's Victoria Inn. The Prairie Organics Think Whole Farm 2020 Conference takes place March 5th and 6th at Brandon's Keystone Center. And Marmac Farms is hosting a bowl sale March 11th, beginning at 1.30. More details can be found at marmacfarms.net. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Coming up in the next half hour, we'll hear from the province's soil specialist, Marla Rickman. We'll also have another look at our farm news for today. Right now, it's 1 o'clock. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, the province's soil specialist Marla Rickman was a guest speaker last week at Crop Connect. She talked about what farmers can expect going into the 2020 planting season.
Right now, we know that we went into some pretty heavy rains going into the fall, um, and that early snowfall didn't help things. So a lot of farmers right now, if they did get the crop off, because we know there's still acres in the field that are crop still standing, if they did get a crop off, a lot of acres have a lot of ruts on them. Um, we're assuming that, depending now with how much snow we've had for the winter, we may end up seeing a lot of... Uh, moisture in the spring obviously because we, we went in pretty wet in the fall uh, and so we've got to deal with some ruts we're going to have to till some stuff in we're also probably going to have to get our fertilizer down somehow because most people didn't get it down in the fall again because they were struggling just to get a crop off let alone doing the fall field work so we're probably going to see a lot of people broadcasting nitrogen and broadcasting potentially phosphorus as well if they don't have uh, availability to put it down safely with the seed and with that we know that there's potential for losses especially when we're dealing with phosphorus or sorry with nitrogen and so I'm going to expect that people might be using some of the tillage to clean up the ruts to actually put that nitrogen down or if they are floating it on they might be using protected products to try to buy them a little time if they're not getting rain right away to try to move that that nitrogen into the soil. All right anything else uh, to highlight? Uh, no I guess when we were talking about the soil health thing too um, I had a lot of I can questions or comments near the end of the presentation around some of the soil health tests that are out there so there's a lot of different options for testing the reason why I often focus in on the things that we can observe is first of all it's kind of cheap to go out and just look at it yourself um, but also we can actually see and observe a lot of things that way Again, there are lots of fancy soil health tests out there that haven't, they're not really ready for prime time yet. They haven't fully been tested. So a lot of the things that we're looking at are um, things that have been endorsed by the Soil Health Institute as tests that are kind of available, that actually mean something and that we can make recommendations from. So that's the reason why I tend to focus on that. And if anybody has questions about other tests that are out there and just curious about what the availability or options are to use them, they feel free to give me a call. That was the province's soil specialist, Marla Rickmans speaking last week at Crop Connect. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Conservative MP Philip Lawrence has introduced a private member's bill to remove the carbon tax from fuel used for grain drying. Ag critic John Barlow commented on the bill. So what this piece of legislation does is it expands the exemption on farm fuel fuels to include natural gas and propane. Uh, so farmers who are having to dry their grain or heat the barn, their barns in the middle of winter um, will be exempt from the carbon tax on those fuels. Uh, we have now seen some of these numbers come in from groups like CAP, um, APAS, um, wheat growers, that are showing that this is costing you know, tens of thousands of dollars for farmers. Ottawa has released the final list of designated regions for the 2019 Livestock Tax Deferral, which includes basically the entire southern half of Manitoba. The Livestock Tax Deferral provision allows livestock producers in designated drought, flood or excess moisture regions to defer a portion of their 2019 sale proceeds of breeding livestock until 2020 to help replenish the herd. The cost of replacing the animals in 2020 will offset the deferred income thereby reducing the tax burden associated with the original sale. Value creation was discussed last week at Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers AGM held in Winnipeg. Here's Chair Fred Gregg. From the Grains Roundtable, we're waiting on the economic analysis on the two examples, and until we understand what we're talking about, how much money we need to fund the, or the breeding and uh, what that will cost either on a bushel or acre basis so that we can understand. I think that's what we're really waiting for. 
Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers is one of five groups that will be part of the new Manitoba Crop Alliance. The recent rail blockades are posing concerns for farmers trying to get their grain to port. Grain Growers of Canada Chair Jeff Nielsen says we're an industry that relies on export markets in order to survive and thrive. He says without access to these markets via rail, we risk compounding further losses. What we can't deal with right now is the inability to even ship our grain off our farm. I understand there are a lot of elevators have not received trains lately. They are not getting trains anytime soon. So that means if you have a contract for the month of February, it may be pushed off into March and April, if not later. We don't want it later. So that means you have to take time off then to haul the grain. But your bills may be due the end of February. Meantime, Transport Minister Mark Garneau told the media last week that dialogue and seeking to build consensus is what was needed to resolve the situation. The Manitoba Canola Growers Association has recognized Dr. Don Flayton with the 2020 Canola Award of Excellence. Throughout his 32-year career at the University of Manitoba, Dr. Flayton has taught soil fertility courses, educating a large number of both diploma and degree agriculture graduates. His soil fertility and crop nutrition management research has spanned across a number of crops. The award was handed out last week at Crop Connect. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.